This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, August 26, 2012. Toy Box Teachings, Etch-A-Sketch. So, today we conclude our Toy Box Teachings with uh, one of the most popular toys of all time. I guess you know by now what that is. It's the... Ah, you guys are sharp today. Good morning, Connection Church. It is great to worship with you this morning. This is a place where we seek to connect people with Jesus and the life that he offers. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for wooing us here today, for carrying us through the night for all that you have in store. Almighty God, focus us right here, right now, so that we might go a little bit deeper in our relationship with you, that we might hear a purpose for the scripture that we are presenting today, that we're sharing, and um, to just be open to what you have for us, each one of us. We give this time to you in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Etch-a-sketch. Etch-a-sketch. It was was invented in the late 1950s by a man named Andre Casagna in his basement. He called it Le Cran Magique. Well, that's what I think anyway. Um, the magic screen. Anybody that's a, a French major, come see me after this, because I'd really like to know how to say it. In 1959, he took this drawing of this Le Cran Magique to the International Toy Fair in Nuremberg, Germany. Now, the Ohio Art Company was there, and they showed no interest in the drawing. But then... They took a second look at it and decided to take a chance on this toy. And so uh, they renamed it the Etch-A-Sketch. That's right. And they launched it in the United States in 1960 at the perfect time of year. Guess when? Christmas time. It was launched, 1960. It became the most popular drawing toy in business. 150 million Etch-A-Sketches have been sold since 1960. So who here had an Etch-A-Sketch? Yeah, most of us had an Etch-A-Sketch. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Well, I'll bet you didn't have a baby Etch-A-Sketch, did you? How many had a baby, baby Etch-A-Sketch? Oh. See, the rest of you would be glad that... See, because this is how yours came to be. The way you get Etch-A-Sketches is they start as babies, and then they grow up and, uh, into adult Etch-A-Sketches. Amen? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The Etch-A-Sketch reminds us that things are not always as they appear. Because it appears when you're, you know, you move the, the one thing vertical, the other one di- uh, horizontal, or both together, you get... Kind of a squiggly diagonal, if you're May, or you can do circles and stuff. It's just random, um, <laughs> just like any art I would do. <laughs> but you know, really, 
it's not like you're putting a, the way the line works is this. There's like silver, or excuse me, uh, ammonium powder, ammonia, aluminum powder, I'm sorry, on the screen. And there's this little stylus in back of it that kind of cuts through it. So that line is actually not putting something on the screen, but it's, uh, it cre it's created by taking something off the screen. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, things are not always as they appear, and we're reminded of that by the magic screen. So the beauty of the Etch-A-Sketch for me is the special feature that I call the do-over feature. See, when I have spent time and I, I try to draw a K, that's not the easiest letter to draw. And so I messed up, and I can just do this, and I can do it over. I love that. I can have a new start, a fresh screen. The do-over feature. The do-over feature. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a do-over, uh, you know, an Etch-a-Sketch for our lives? You know, you mess up. <laughs> it's not how it works, though, is it? When we mess up, um, there's usually consequences, aren't there? Yeah. The other day I was on uh, 299, and I... Um, I ran into a neighbor of mine. Literally, I ran into a neighbor of mine. <laughs> she stopped. She was stopped. I was preoccupied, and I didn't. So anyway, um, I wish I had one of these. So do I. <laughs> you know, because the 250 deductible, I could just go, goodbye. Her car, poor thing. She has to take some time and trouble. But it doesn't work like that, does it? So if you see a car out there with Connecticut plates, it's not because I'm moving to Connecticut. It's because that's where the rental company got my, the car from for me to use while mine's in the shop. There's no uh, uh, do-overs in life, are there? I mean, when we mess up, when we make mistakes, if there are consequences, there's still consequences, aren't there? Yeah. yeah. That being said, we worship a God of forgiveness. Forgiveness, the same God who created us, who molded us, who made us, who blew, light, blew breath into us, to, who created our lives, is the same God who forgives us. That being said, God does not ignore what we do. God knows our lying down. God knows our getting up. God knows our very thoughts. God sees, God hears. God knows the good, God knows the not so good, the ways we please him, and the ways that we behave in a very unpleasing way. And even though God knows what we do and doesn't ignore what we do, God loves us anyway and forgives us and forgives us. Hmm. You know, here's the thing, though. Forgiveness comes with a price. Yeah, forgiveness comes with a price. It's not like the Etch-A-Sketch where we shake it and, and the image magically disappears, allowing us to start. No, um, God doesn't. God can't just shake it away and we're done. There's a price. And um, in the Old Testament, if you look through the pages of the Old Testament, you'll see where in the temple on certain days it was like a, a a butcher shop and there was a bloodbath because of the people would bring in the sacrifices and they would be sacrificed on the altar 
to uh, atone for their sin, to make amends. To, uh, that's what atone means, to make up for what we've done wrong. In um, the book of Leviticus, which is like the official law book of the Old Testament, it's got all the rules and regs, chapter 16, it talks about one particular day called the Day of Atonement, the day where things are made right, the day where um, we, they, this, the, the Jewish population still celebrates that day. They, they call it Yom Kippur. Maybe you've heard of that day. That's, in the Old Testament, that's the same as the Day of Atonement coming to, came to be like the most important day on the Jewish calendar. So on this day, the high priest would, uh, would uh, uh, do a certain ritual to atone for the sins of the entire community. And it involved sacrifice. He would start by sacrificing a bull. And the bull, purpose of the bull was to atone for the sin of the priest and his family. Now, the priest really can't atone for the community until he's gotten himself straight. So that would atone. And then he would take two goats. And the first goat would be um, sacrificed. And when I say sacrificed, it means killed. Sacrificed on the altar for the sins of the people at large. Now, the second goat, this is, this is really interesting how this works. The, the priest would put both hands on the goat's head and would confess, pray over it, all the wickedness and rebellion of the nation of Israel, all their sins. And then symbolically, those sins would be placed on the head of that goat as he's laying his hands on. And then that goat would be sent into the desert symbolically carrying the sins of the people into the wilderness. Isn't that just a great image? The sins of the people into the wilderness. Um, now, in a little side note, that animal, that goat that went in, that took the sins, came to be known as the scapegoat. Thus, we have the word scapegoat for one who bears the blame for another. Forgiveness of sin always carries a price. It involves sacrifice and even blood. That really hasn't changed. The difference is that the price, the sacrifice, the blood was offered for each one of us over 2,000 years ago with Jesus (coughs) on the cross. We no longer slaughter animals in the temple, in the sanctuary. We no longer send a goat into the wilderness. It's not because there's not a price for our sin, but because the price has already been paid. The price has already been paid once and for all. Not just you or you or you, but all the price has been paid, not by the blood of an innocent, unblemished goat, but by the blood of the perfect lamb of God, Jesus Christ, one and only son. We are forgiven through his blood. We are given a second chance. We have the opportunity to try again to be created anew. Mm. In the book of uh, Luke, that's the third book of the New Testament, book that Luke wrote about the life of Jesus, what he did, what he said. Um, in chapter 19, we, 
we read the story of a, of a, a well-known story of a guy who Jesus gives a second chance to. Um, probably one of the most popular stories in the scriptures. Many know it, and kids all know it. It's, it's the story of a guy named Zacchaeus. Any of you heard of him? Zacchaeus. Yeah. Now, Zacchaeus, or Zach, was the chief tax collector in the city of Jericho. Now, tax collectors were notorious. They were hated because they cheated the people out of money. They would charge more than the tax, and whatever they collected over and above the tax was theirs. And so they made it a point to try and collect as much as possible over and above what the taxes were supposed to be. To be chief tax collector, you did that better than anybody else. (laughs) And so Zacchaeus was very good at cheating people out of their money. Well, one day, Jesus was passing through the town of Jericho. And Zac, being a little guy, a short man, he um, was having trouble seeing because there were crowds lining the street. They'd heard about this guy, Jesus, and they were trying to just get a glimpse of this guy. And you can just see this guy trying to see over the crowd. And and so he decides that he's going to do something different. And uh, well, can you imagine? I imagine he had one of those tunics on, you know, the kind of robes they wore in the day. A guy in a robe shimmying up a sycamore tree in the middle of high noon, you know, this businessman. It probably was pretty funny, but it doesn't say they laughed at him. It just said he climbed up this sycamore tree to get a better view of Jesus as he was passing by in front of the crowds. And so when Jesus got to the spot where Zacchaeus was, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. Yeah, there's Why? a great song about that. Because I'm going to your house today. Zacchaeus, come quick. I must be a guest in your home. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Now this caused quite a stir, though. Because Jesus was going to the home of this humongous sinner. Zacchaeus was not a good man. He was hated. And here Jesus said, I'm coming to your house for dinner. I mean, can you just imagine the ripple effect, the stir in the crowd? I guess they forgot they were sinners too. Or maybe they said, wow, he's a a worse sinner than I am. Don't we sometimes get caught in that? Yeah, times haven't totally changed, have they? Well, in this case, there was a lot of buzzing around. It was causing quite a commotion. But Jesus did go to Zacchaeus' house. And the incredible part of the story is what happens next. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Say the rest with me. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Hmm. So Zacchaeus didn't just shake his magic at your sketch and the whole past disappeared. That's not how it works, is it? No. What he had done in the past was still done. 
Lives he disrupted were still disrupted. People he hurt were still hurt. There were still consequences for his actions. But, but thanks to Jesus, Zacchaeus was able to start over, start new, start fresh. And in so doing, he was able to see what he had done in the past. He was kind of given a new set of eyes, wasn't he? And and now, and he was able to see how uh, he had negatively affected the people around him through what he'd done. And thanks to Jesus, he was able to realize an opportunity to share his wealth with those around him. I'll give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people, which he had, I'll give them back four times. It's It's not like he could undo what he had done, but he's trying to make amends, wasn't he? He was trying to, the biblical word for that is atone for his sin. Atone for what he had done. He couldn't just magically shake that and make it disappear, but he was trying to to atone for what he had done. And thanks to Jesus, he was able to see. He was able to make amends, try to make amends for that. It wasn't erased, but thanks to Jesus, he found forgiveness and the opportunity to be made new. Well, Jesus offers us that same opportunity the opportunity to find new life through him to start over. Where are the areas in our life that we need to take a look at and and make right? What about some conversations we've had that maybe aren't glorifying to God or things that we've done and to ask for forgiveness or to go to that person and to make amends? It's important to do that. But the good news is that through the blood of Jesus Christ, when we come before the Lord, we are forgiven by the Most High God. We are forgiven. I may um, do something to offend you, and, and you could choose to not forgive me. But the Lord still has forgiven me when I come before him humbly with regret, with, with, you know, ready to do something new. And so we have the opportunity to come before the Lord and one another to make amends. There's no cosmic etch-a-sketch that we can just shake and it'll be gone. And yet, thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, our, son, our sins are forgiven and we can be made new. You know, some people, sometimes we think, God, why don't you just ignore this sin business? Why, why don't you just let it go? God, if you really love me, why do you have to worry about the sin in my life? Why don't you just look the other way? Well, God can't do that. Because it's absolutely contrary to God's nature. God's nature is that he, God is perfection. And sin is contrary to God. So by God's very nature, God cannot, cannot ignore sin. It, it'd be like a parent ignoring the bad behavior of a child. That doesn't make anybody. It doesn't work for anybody. The parent pays. The child pays. It's not a good system. And, and God, our ultimate parent, can't ignore. It's totally contrary to who God is, and God cannot ignore it. On the other hand, <clears throat> God loves us so much, 
way too much to allow us to wallow in that sin. We don't have to get stuck in that sin. Once we give it to God, once we repent or turn from, once we ask for forgiveness, it really is gone. It can be released. God does not want us to get stuck. Oh, but you don't know what I've done. God would not forgive. Absolutely God forgives. Oh, you know, this, I am just so bad. You know what? God came for each one of us to save each one of us from ourselves. God forgives. We just need to come with a heart ready to receive that he is Lord and that we're not. That we're not in control of our lives, but he is. Thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made new. We are washed clean. We get a do-over. Yes, there are still consequences, but we don't walk that alone. There is peace that goes in our lives in the midst of the craziness and in the midst of the consequences that we must uh, bear. We are made new, not because of what we do, but because of what he's done. We are made new. We are forgiven, not because we are worthy, but because he is worthy. We are forgiven, not because we are so good, but because he is so good. We are forgiven, not because we are perfect, although sometimes we think we are, but because there is only one perfect God in the world. It's Jesus the Christ, human yet divine. And so we can come before the Lord and be made new and fresh and have a start clean. Mm-hmm. And so days, though, we wish that there was that etch-a-sketch where uh, the consequences, you know, I'd love that accident to be, they have that accident forgiveness program. I wish they had the accident etch-a-sketch program that would erase it. But that's not how it happens, does it? We, there's consequence. It, it doesn't matter. That being said, though, Jesus does forgive. Jesus does have an offer there out on the table for us. Here, here's my life. And we often say, say yes to Jesus. Oftentimes, I think it's more like, stop saying no. Isn't it funny what we do? We, we have the offer of, of a great life in Christ, for our sin to be forgiven, to live eternity with God the Father throughout all eternity. And we say, I don't think so. We say, Jesus, let me guide your life. I think I'm smarter than you are. I I think I know better how my life should go than you. This is the one who created everything, and we know better. We're kind of goofy sometimes, aren't we? I I know better than you do. So we keep saying no, no, no. And, And I think this relationship with Jesus is when we finally stop saying no and say, okay, I'm yours. Does that make sense? So we're going to have a prayer here at the end because we've got people all over the spectrum here. Some of you have said, yes, you stopped saying no a long time ago and Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. And, and you're like walking with Jesus and, you know, you know what I'm talking about here. And some others, you've been walking with Jesus, but it's kind of, there's the path. You've been kind of like wandering a little bit away from the path a little bit. And we understand that. It's so easy to do. And maybe you need to kind of get back tuned into Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's some here today. Jesus, not the Lord and Savior. Jesus is a guy, and we talk about him a lot, and you're still wondering, what is this whole thing about? You keep saying no. You keep saying no. Well, 
I think maybe today is the day to say, yes. Today is the day to say, yes. Why would you any longer want to wander in darkness when the light is right there? Why in the world would you want to wallow in sin when Jesus says, I forgive you? One of our biggest challenges is once we've let Jesus do that for us to let go of it ourselves. But that's another story for another day. We're going to share a prayer here. And and if you already know Jesus, you know, and while I'm praying, you can be saying, Jesus, I'm yours, you know, and be connecting that way. If you've been kind of wandering off the path, be praying to reconnect. Prayer today is especially for those who don't know a relationship with Christ. And I'm going to encourage you to, as I'm speaking, kind of say the words with me as you can. Because what we're going to be saying to Jesus is, I need to be saved from my sin. I can't do it myself. None of us. We said there's a price for forgiveness. None of us can say. We don't have enough to pay that price. We ain't that good. We ain't going to be that good. It's too high a price. Our sin is so great. No matter how much we do, no matter how much we try, we can't forgive get god to forgive us can we on our own but as we said christ already paid the price we're gonna say christ i need a savior i can't do it myself i need you that's what our prayer is going to be and i would encourage you if you've never said that prayer before or even if you had you can say it again it's okay i'm going to encourage you though if you've never said it before to say that prayer to open yourself up to the saving grace of jesus christ to allow him to come into your life and to just say, Jesus, I'm yours. As we pray, I encourage you. Oh, I got this at, a, at our annual conference of the Methodist Church. A guy named Adam Hamilton. With, he said, when, when we pray, open, put your hands out like this. See, what that says is, I'm ready to receive something. That's what the open hand means. And we're, God has something in store for each and every one of you here today. I don't know what it is, but it's important for us to be ready to receive it. So go ahead, put your hands out. It's okay. Don't be afraid. You can put your hands out. Nothing's going, nothing bad's going to happen. And the prayer we're going to offer is not a bad prayer. It's a good prayer. Okay? Put your hands out. And, and especially if you've never said this before, consider seriously saying it. Most holy God, I first of all, just thank you for today, for all that you've given us, for just being here with you. The opportunity to celebrate, to praise you and to glorify your holy name. Thank you for the opportunity to look in your word today. But most especially, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of salvation. I know there's a price for the sin, and that price is so great that I can't pay it, but I know you paid it 2,000 years ago. Lord, I invite you to be a part of my life, to be the center of my life, to be the salvation, the Savior of my life. I'm not sure yet what it means that you're Lord. I I think it means that you're number one. Please come into my life and help me to understand what it means to make you number one. I need a Savior. I'm not it. I need you. I thank you for dying for my sin. I thank you that God resurrected you and now that you live forever in heaven and that we can talk and be in relationship with you today. Most holy Lord, I thank you and praise you on behalf of each one here. 
I pray those that don't know you will know you. I pray those that don't know you will open their hearts to you right now. Right now, right this very instant, that you will, that those here who don't know you will invite you in. We'll stop saying no. We'll say yes to that relationship with you. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.